Naked with Adele is about your inner journey, trusting yourself and sharing many lessons. Come on, hold my hand Not sure I understand This role I've been given But I wish someone had to talk to me Like I want to talk to you Naked with Adele is about getting real It's about being able to look at yourself in the mirror and being able to love that person that you see. It's about having the courage to be vulnerable. When you came to South Africa as a German woman and you studied English in London, how did you end up in recruiting? When I was in London, after I had studied English, I was about 18, I was looking for my first job. And in England, the recruitment consultancies have, they're, they're like shops. I don't know if it's still like that, but in those days, they were shops and they were advertising their jobs in their windows. So I walked past one and I went in there because I, I, I felt attracted by this, this one position in a, in a hotel, as a, as a hotel receptionist, and it sounded like the most glamorous job on earth. So I went in there and I was um, interviewed there by a Jamaican woman, a very beautiful, glamorous, competent, charismatic woman. And in Germany, we didn't have the profession of recruitment as such. It was all government controlled then. And I, I, I'd never experienced anything like it. And, and she was just so gregarious and so on my side. And, and she was like my agent. And now she was placing me. And I thought, that is what I want. <laughs> that is what I want to do. I want to do that and nothing else. And then I came to South Africa and looked for a job. And I, I could find really um it was very difficult for me to find we, i didn't have a car we didn't have telephone and in those days things were very different and um i found a job through a friend in a car workshop uh, in selby uh, being the receptionist and it, it was just it was just the most horrible job i ever had because oh you know i was just so intimidated by these these car owners and, and i was the little receptionist and and in those days you know Afrikaans customers expected to speak Afrikaans to their service oh, providers and I couldn't mm, and I was so foolish and then they'd say something in Afrikaans and I'd say I'm sorry I don't speak Afrikaans instead of saying I can't speak Afrikaans I'm German which they would have understood but I just would say no I, could, I don't speak Afrikaans well I don't speak English oh no it was just every day was like a nightmare and um, then I tried and tried and tried and tried to get into recruitment and nobody would take me until the German Employment Consultancy, which later became DAV, uh, the, the most most amazing one of them all was actually the one that then gave me a chance. The owner said, now come on, I'll take you under my wings. And she did that. She, I was her, her little protege, to, so to speak. And um, yeah, we did great things together. And the company grew to 200, not to 20. From the five people that we were when I started, we were 200 people. And recruitment has, has been good to me. It's taught me everything. Everything I know today, I know because of having been in that industry and having had that, that mentor boss that was so amazing. That's an amazing story. So what were the traits that you had that made you, other than really wanting to be in recruitment, um, from originally meeting the, the this Jamaican lady, <laughs> and how she made you feel. What were the traits that you had that made you so successful at recruitment? I think that um, recruitment made me successful. Um, it, it wasn't that I was successful in recruitment. I basically, having got there, realized it's not as glamorous as what I thought. And it was actually also a job. 
to do, you know, with, with targets and having to place people and people uh, not showing up for interviews and other people being placed and not showing up on their first day of work and, and all of these things that I was never expecting. It was a lot of it was just hanging in there and learning how to how to tell um, red flags and how to see things from panning out before they actually happen and then preventing them. So becoming very open and very aware and, and watching for signals and watching for clues and listening really well. If you are a recruiter, you've got to shut up and listen. Okay, so listening skills. Listening skills is is so vital that that curiosity to really find out what is that person's needs and wants, and not what do I want and where do I want to place them, but but what is it that they want? Because in the end, they they're not going to come to your party if you if you haven't heard them. And now you're actually doing telling. So you get from the one extreme to the other. Uh, it, what do you mean by I'm, t- I'm telling? You're a storyteller. I'm the storyteller. Story yes, but my stories, in my stories, I think I ask a lot of questions um, between the lines. I think I'm still, I'm still listening. Tell me about your first book. So the first time you published was in? Two? 2009. <clears throat> it was my book, Your Career, Your Life. Oh yes, of course. You started off with nonfiction. Yes, that's as a, right. As a, it was a, this is a coaching book in the field of recruitment and headhunting. Yes, what I did is um, I, I had so much, as I said, so much experience that I I thought that people could benefit from. Um, because at the time, the corporate world in South Africa was going through a bit of a period of young people coming into corporations, being very ambitious, uh, but also feeling a sense of not really understanding what was required, um, you know, once they were in the job. And I thought, I'll write this little book and it's going to help everybody because it explains to them how the corporate world works, what employers expect, how easy it is actually to, to build a career in South Africa right now. If you just observe a few a few little simple things and so I took stories from my experience and also from other people and I tell them in 52 chapters the idea it's to read one chapter a week and within a year um, you know there should be a, a, a visible progress in terms of uh, how you approach the, the, the relationships in the place of work and how that actually comes back to you if you do things right. Well then you wrote another non-fiction book and after that, only came the first fiction book. No, then I wrote on the bit. Oh, you wrote on the bit after that. Yes. I had a, a bit of a gap there uh, with writing, and then I wrote on the bit. It came out in 2012, and then I wrote... Yeah, and then whilst sending my manuscript to publishers in Germany, um, the, this uh, particular publisher turned down the idea of the thriller, but said they would be interested in the topic as such because my, my, my thriller also touches on headhunting. So they then um, offered me a publishing contract to write a book for them um, in terms of experiences as a, as a headhunter, an international headhunter. So again, I collected stories of uh, a lot of them on my own and uh, uh, some of them are from, from other recruiters, also from clients that use recruitment companies. And we put together these stories that are, um, some of them are funny, some of them are sad, all of them are true. Um, yeah, and that, that was then brought out uh, in Germany, followed by my second thriller on the bit Charlotte. Was being an author, especially after your first book, was it what you expected? No. Please tell us more. No, no, <laughs> no. I thought, okay, be, being, first of all, I couldn't call myself an author uh, um, to myself until I started really doing that in 2013 by the time I'd brought out three books. Before that, I always 
said I want to be an author I want to be an author it was almost like it wasn't real I wasn't really an author yet even though I had I had books on the market no it wasn't um, Adele it wasn't as glamorous as I as I thought yeah I had to learn a lot about myself mainly um, through 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 being out there because you really are out there you one doesn't really understand how vulnerable one becomes when one's published work is out for the world to see and scrutinize and critique, uh, which, you know, people love to do. And you've got to um, basically take your clothes off, you're naked. Well, you would know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you're naked in front of the world. And whew, it was, yeah, quite something to, to, to kind of grow a bit of a fur to, to not let things so close you know, to one's to one's heart. Yeah, it was a very interesting experience. So, so I just want to recap. So you wanted to do this from when you were very young. <clears throat> then you eventually published the story that was there from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and you had, must can imagine, all these built-up expectations. So by the time you leave everything that you've done and had become really successful at behind to do one thing that you wanted to do that must have taken an awful amount of courage how did you actually make that leap in faith what made you do it you know when you have a desire that is very strong it ignites the will and if you have the strong will driven by the strong desire you are going to do what you have to do to get that done and it's it's nothing more than that. Is is how strong is your desire? So so when people they come to me and they say no, they want to to write a book, but I can see now for twenty years they've been writing this book, but it's mm. not coming together. It it gives me a clue that maybe the area of exploration here would be how strong is their desire. So in my case, I had a very strong desire, and uh, you know you you trade off. Everything has a price tag. So yeah, I was willing to pay the price, um, which was. Well, it's to give up your status, your power, your uh, money oh, in the identity. corporate world. Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, no, it was. I gave up a lot, uh, but I do believe, um, and I'm not saying it to console myself, but I do believe that I gained more. Mm. I gained more. Mm. I gained more um, of um, of of myself, of who I am, and who I want to be, um, and I, I have not regretted it yet. On a very practical level, how could you afford to do it? I mean, these are the practical questions we ask. Mm. It's a big decision to make mm. if the desire is there, if the strong enough will mm. is there, if you reach that tipping point, because you coach people on this stuff, you mm. know? I mean, mm. people who, who kind of mm. get there, but they're not there. And this, mm. is, this is the field that you coach in selectively, people who mm. come to you. But what for you, did you have a plan? What were you going to do? How were you going to be able to be a writer? I mean, I know as an author... It's, it's wonderful to be famous, if you can call that, or however you choose to define it, but it's not so easy to actually live it and to stay motivated. So, did you have a plan? Because we don't know this up front. Mm. Uh, Adele, if I'd had a plan, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be a writer. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I'm telling you, because if I'd had a plan and I would have worked things through properly and methodically and analyzed them properly, I think I would have lost my courage. So my courage came a lot from not knowing and almost subconsciously not wanting to know and, and just diving in because if I'd had too many answers to all the problems I would face, even after writing, the, the real problems start when the, the, the publishing um, aspect you know, comes to, 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 to the process. If I'd known um, 
everything I probably would have said, I can't, well, I can't, I can't do this. Uh, I'm not talented enough. I'm not uh, connected enough. I, I, I can't do this. But because I didn't know, yeah, I suppose I had the courage of, of the blind. Yeah. So, so you went, it was a hard decision and you followed your heart? Yes. There wasn't a plan? <clears throat> there was no plan. It was all fun. But it was just wonderful. I used to sit at my computer on my plot and I used to think, I can't believe this is my life. My life is so wonderful. <laughs> this is so great. And, and I felt guilty because I thought, it, this can't be real. It's, it, can't, it can't be real because I'm supposed to be at work and mm. I have to work and sit in the traffic. And now, now I'm doing this and this must, something must happen. Something terrible must happen because, you know, you're just stuck doing what you enjoy doing. And it was so unfamiliar to me. Um, that it was actually in itself quite a challenge, um, but you brought up the, the aspect of how to how to financially and practically get it through, and I tell you that is such a good question. And in my case, I feel very blessed because I had the opportunity to work really hard for two decades and to 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 actually allow myself this kind of sabbatical time. Of, of, of writing, which now is not a sabbatical anymore, it's kind of stayed. But um, yes, I, I'm very fortunate in that I was able to, to actually um, sustain myself from the work that I had invested in the last, in the last um, two decades. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. I know that that can be a tough one, but uh, when it comes to writing, we're really out there and we're very exposed yeah. and perspective mm. and perceptions mm. are very important mm. yeah. because the world has an idea of it only wants to read things and know things from successful people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then how do you know you are that or you are not? Mm. How do you decide what constitutes a successful author? I look at you and I see somebody who's published a few works already. You've you've made significant progress and you've had lots of accolades already, but how do you decide what makes a successful author? Okay, I'm what I'm going to say is now probably going to shock you or you will disagree with me, but I'm very pragmatic when it comes to defining the success of an author and I believe it's in the number of books you sell. It's going to be as cold and hard as it's that. Been, unfortunately, that's what it is to me. And yeah. But now, like for me, I mean, I know to be able to live as a writer, you either need eight books at least, or you need to have been around for a really <laughs> long time, really promoting those books. And self-promoting is hard even for me. Mm, mm. So... Um, when you talk about book sales, I mean, South Africa to be considered a bestseller, I believe is like 1,500 books, which is similar-ish to the UK, but in the US it's 10,000 books. So how many book sales makes a successful author? I think as many books um, as give you a sustainable income that you at your um, chosen level of comfort want to achieve. So... So, in other words, if I defined myself as a as an author in in the in terms of successful or unsuccessful, I would tell you I'm not successful in my own eyes because I I, I have not reached that level. I'm just gonna say, you know what, you're German. You're really hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah, that's it's a tough question. Yeah, but no, really, author success to me is translates into number of books sold. Are you secretly fantasizing about another life? Georgia and California and anywhere I could run Took the hand of a preacher man and we made love in the sun But I ran out of places and friends
Naked with Adele is about your inner journey, trusting yourself and sharing many lessons. Come on, hold my hand Not sure I understand This road I've been given But I wish someone had to talk to me Like I want to talk to you It's choosing to remove the mask and reaching within to bear your soul. Now I see if I wear a mask I can fool the world but I cannot fool my heart. It's about women staying true to who they are. I love you Naked with Adele is about getting real. It's about being able to look at yourself in the mirror and being able to love that person that you see. It's about having the courage to be vulnerable. So I let down my guard, drive my defenses down by my clothes. I'm learning to fall with no safety net to cushion the Now start those deep, long, overdue conversations with yourself. I'm your mind, giving you someone to talk to. Hello. And once you make up your mind, the journey begins. I've made up my mind. Don't need to think it over if I'm wrong, I am right. Don't need to look no further. I'm Adele Green, and this empty chair next to me is just for you. Come and join me. Register for your membership free to get this show and many resources at www.adele-green.com or you can tweet her at Naked with Adele.